Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Dan DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the evening edition of Sewing Hope. I am Bill Snyder, and uh, I am always blessed to be joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. Uh, it is uh, just a pleasure to have you joining us, uh, no matter where you are listening here, uh, whether it's YouTube, Podbean, thank you for joining us. And welcome, Ann. It's great uh, to have you with uh, with me tonight. Hey, Bill. Great to be here on this evening, beautiful May evening with a fabulous guest that I'm excited for us to have a conversation with. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us. Yeah, his name is Jeff Wallace. So uh, welcome, Jeff. Thank you for joining us on the Sewing Hope podcast. And I would tell our listeners that Jeff is the director of campus ministry at a nearby college near where, where I'm located in the greater Philadelphia area, Gwynedd Mercy University. And it is my alma mater, so I do feel very strongly that it is a wonderful university. And my daughter is also a student there, so that's how I know Jeff. And he's doing fabulous work, especially during this pandemic. Uh, the, the university continues to make outreach to students uh, through their campus ministry, through weekly prayer meetings. So I'm, I'm very impressed by that and impressed by all the great work that you're doing, Jeff. So thank you for joining us on this podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Bill and Ann. It's a pleasure to be here. To be honest, this is the first time I've ever been on a podcast. So uh, I'm just geeking out because I love this type of stuff. So happy to be here. Happy to be part of this podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, awesome. I know you'd be a great guest. Yeah. <laughs> We hope it's many. Uh, we we hope there's many more podcasts in your future. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see if if the Lord allows. If the Lord go. allows. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's all about faith. And Jeff, I know you have a deep faith. Um, you and I have shared uh, daily mass over, well, weekly mass, I should call it, over at Gwen and Mercy University, where on Mondays uh, the the university offers a mass at eleven thirty. Um, and I'm so blessed to be a part of that because uh, receiving the Eucharist and being a part of community is very important both to me and, and my daughter, who is also a student at Gwen at Mercy, as I mentioned. Yeah. So, um, Jeff, you have done so much even before working at Gwen at Mercy. I know that your wife, Chelsea, and you have a little son, Daniel. We do. So yes. let's start there. Let's yeah. start there. Yeah. Daniel uh, is 11 <laughs> months old. 
Um, he is currently uh, what uh, Nickelodeon called the Rugrat. He's a Rugrat right now. Um, and he's just crawling all over the place, uh, all over our floors, uh, <laughs> all over our house, really. Um, we live in Havertown, uh, Pennsylvania. And, you know, it, it's amazing. And um, just the whole process of becoming a parent uh, and bringing life into this world. And, um, you know, the, the I won't get into the details, but uh, suffice to say that just being with Chelsea, uh, she was giving birth to uh, our son Daniel was probably the closest thing to a miracle I've, I'll ever witness. Um, it just, a, you know, it really helps me reflect on um, how precious life is and how blessed, you know, how blessed I think Chelsea and I are and, and our families are and um, how blessed our relationship is because that, you know, just everything, um, there's so many things, right? So many things that could happen, so many things that could go wrong, but, you know, uh, with God's help and prayer and, and God's grace, I think, uh, everything went right. And that I think is, can be so rare sometimes, you know? Um, and so I think, yeah, just looking at him every day, yeah, every day now that I have the time and now I'm home all the time working remotely, thanks to Gwyneth and, um, you know, being able to see him develop and grow is just one of the biggest blessings I have right now um, in my life. So he's, it's, yeah, I could, I could go on. I don't want to go yeah. on. It's so beautiful. Uh, no, I yeah, totally beautiful. understand. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing time of your life when yeah. uh, you have that first child. And um, so I'm, I'm happy for you and Chelsea and say hi to, to Daniel. And yes. And it, the next couple of years is going to be a lot of fun for you guys. Yeah. I've, I've heard fun. I've heard a lot of other words too. <laughs> yeah. There's sacrifice there too, but it's yeah. all part of it, yeah. you know, and you're building some awesome memories that you'll never, yeah. ever forget. And, um, and how blessed is little Daniel that dad has a faith and, mm -hmm. Uh, really celebrates the Catholic faith because yeah. we know that that's where uh, we get our strength, right? I mean, yeah. it's from it's from our faith, and um, sure. I'm I'm very grateful to you, Jeff, and to the people at Gwen and Mercy because you know my daughter. I mean, even though she's not a baby anymore, haha, -ha, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, when you send your kid off to college, you know, you want them to go to a place where there is going to be the celebration of uh, their faith and be able to. Um, at, to find that in, 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 the, in the community, wherever you decide, whether it's a private institution or a, uh, a public institution, having a campus ministry office like yourself, you know, what you do at Gwened is so important to, uh, to the lives of those students who do want to celebrate their Catholic faith or whatever faith they're celebrating. I mm -hmm. mean, whether it be Christian or another um, yeah. area of, of faith and honoring God. Yeah, no, you know, there's a a lot in in all that you said. I think for the part, my part, uh, talking about celebrating my own Catholic faith and infusing that in our in our life here um, with mm -hmm. Chelsea and Daniel, um, reminds me of a. I was seeing a spiritual director um, for a while, and, and unfortunately, because of time and the pandemic, now I've, I haven't seen him recently. His name is Father Ray Donaldson. He's a Jesuit down at the Jesu School in um, Northeast Philadelphia. And, you know, prior to Chelsea 
um, you know, giving birth to Daniel, um, I was seeing, we were talking and I was telling him I was feeling all these things and feeling all these movements. And, and he just said to me straight out, you know, Jeff, you, what you're about to experience after Chelsea, you know, after you, after you have your son is, is what, you know, in the gospel, they talk about the abundance of life, uh, where you're, where you're about to experience is that. And that has stuck with me since then, um, you know, through everything, including, uh, the pandemic, I think, uh, when the gospel says that, and, and when the Bible kind of talks about the abundance of life, I, I think we, we, we can focus a lot on, oh, the so positives, the blessings and all that. But part of that abundance sometimes is, is really about entirety. It's about the entireness of life and, you know, all of the, the, the great stuff, but all of the challenges too, and all the things that really make life what it is. Um, and so I, I can say uh, that kind of celebrating the Catholic faith in the way they phrased it is by acknowledging God's presence and in, in the presence of Christ in all of that, whether it is the good, the, the, you know, birth of my son, all the blessings we've had since then, or within the challenge, you know, time of pandemic, everything else that's happening in the world today. Um, so I think that that phrase, and it came up, uh, when your intro was happening, Bill, um, the abundance of life. And so that, that's what I reflect on when, when you're talking about celebrating the Catholic faith. And I think, yeah. um, to your second part regarding, uh, Sean, your daughter, first of all, Sean's great. Uh, Thank I don't you. know if Sean's listening, but she probably is <laughs> great. Sean, you're great. Uh, really appreciate having Sean and all, you know, and truthfully, all of the students who participate with campus ministry at Gwinnett. But one thing I just wanted to uh, mention, you brought up kind of celebrating the Catholic faith or, or other faiths. And, and I think at Gwinnett, we, we definitely draw from a variety of different um, faith backgrounds um, or no faith background. And so what, what that necessitates in our ministry uh, as campus ministers at Gwinnett is really a, an approach um, of encounter. Um, and so meeting our students where they are yeah. uh, and walking with them, accompaniment, really uh, focused on, on, on Pope Francis's model of ministry right now and kind of what he's been bringing to the forefront of Catholic uh, practice. Um, and I think what connected with that, I've been listening to Pope Francis recently, really trying to hearken us back to that encounter with Christ, you know, faith being a lot about that encounter, that, that individual personal encounter with Christ. And, and I think um, it can be easy to discount uh, students or, or young people or, young adults because they might say things here and there. Oh, I don't know, like faith, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I believe in it or agree with it. And, and I think our approach in, in Gwinnett is, is really just to allow, allow them, allow them to be here, walk through our door, be able to have tough conversations, uh, ask great questions and really just, just, you know, offer our own responses. Uh, you know, me from my faith as a Catholic and, and invite them to dialogue. Um, I think that, uh, you know, you talk about the old old school phrase that's used is the pastoral care of souls, right? And in order for me to feel like I'm being a minister and I'm living out that uh, call or that, what the right word for it is, you know, within my vocation, say, um, in order for me to feel like I'm doing that uh, with integrity, I have to be the one to be really welcoming people, inviting them in to encounter um, and, and walking with them in that um, and accompanying them so that they might be able to find uh, and develop uh, their own spirituality, their faith, 
Um, you know, and, and in some ways, what I found in that approach is it will lead some students to want to inquire more about being Catholic and, uh, you know, come to the faith that way. And for others, it, it doesn't. But the way I look at that is, you know, it's, it's always important to plant seeds, right? So it's important yes. to plant seeds in, in some soil. And uh, in some ways, that's all I can do as a minister, um, you know, and, and only their lives, people's lives will tell whether or not they're able to water those seeds and allow that, uh, that faith to grow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, Jeff, I, I think you may bring up some really good points about, you know, ministry in, in, in today's world, especially in the, in, in colleges, um, uh, you know, you, you know it better than we do, but, um, what I, what, what I do think is that I think a lot of young people today out there in the, in the world are, are, uh, are at that level in the collegiate level. Anyway, they are searching now, uh, to own their own faith. You know, I was a high school youth minister for 15 years, um, you know, at different parishes, uh, maybe, maybe not quite 15, but 10 or 12. And, and I'll tell you, um, the, the, uh, the level at which I watch kids have an ownership of their faith in high school, um, was probably not existent. Um, you know, when, when I was in high school growing up out, out that way in, in Paoli, Pennsylvania at St. Norbert's parish, um, I, you know, there was a, I, I'm going to own my own faith. Uh, there was an aspect of that in, in high school, but I think in today's world with the rapid pace of technology, you know, parents were pushing their kids more and more to get confirmed in, you know, in high school or whatever. And, and, and they weren't owning their faith. Uh, they weren't exploring it. They weren't talking about, it. I think more and more that is happening at the collegiate level now. Um, yeah. and, and, and you're watching, um, almost an adolescent faith, um, have to mature at the collegiate level. And yeah. it's, it, it's very interesting. Um, and, and so I just, I just am curious to know from, from you how, um, how that looks, you know, how, how, how do people show up yeah. at, at campus ministry? What are the, what are the ways that they come to you? Are they, are they coming yeah. through their friends? Are they coming through, um, other, others? Are they, are they curious on their own? How do they, how do they arrive at your, at your campus ministry office? That's a great question. Um, you know, and, and I think I'll start by kind of backing up a little bit. Uh, and I don't know if you've read this bill or Anne, uh, and I think Anne in a prior conversation, I've mentioned it to you, but there's a really, uh, interesting study that was done uh, by St. Mary's press. Um, it was a study called going, going gone. And what the study tried to focus on was, uh, and learn really the, the object of it was to try and understand why young people decided not to be Catholic anymore. Like what, when did they decide that and why did they decide that? One of the most startling parts uh, of that study was that uh, there are some young people as young as 13 who decided that they weren't gonna be Catholic anymore, which is, as you were saying, uh, maybe going through confirmation and they didn't really wanna do it, their parents made them do it. And so they, so, so by the age of 13, they're making these decisions. And, and the two questions that, um, Really stuck. For, I you know I read through kind of a, a St. Mary's Press publishes um, summary of of that uh, study uh, in a very thin book, 
but the two questions that stuck with me from there were, were really kind of at the beginning of that small book, uh, kind of summarizing, you know, we've done all this data, we have all this data, and really what we believe it comes down to for some of these, a lot of our people we interviewed uh, are two things. One, uh, a lot of times when young people would leave the church, and what, what they would say was the reason why they left was, one, uh, they didn't really know my name or my story, one reason. The second reason was I didn't even feel like I didn't feel like if I left, anybody would care. Nobody would know that I was gone was the way I think it was phrased. And, you know, as, as a minister, it's very, it very struck me because, you know, when I was a lot of the reason why I got into ministry was because I, I had a really deep experience of, um, you know, a relationship with God and Christ and the Catholic faith. When, from a very young age in high school, similar to what you're talking about, Bill. And, um, and so I wanted to continue that and really help students to arrive at that relationship with Christ, or if they're not Christian or Catholic, arrive at that relationship within their own uh, religion. And, um, you know, I think within the Catholic context specifically, uh, there are a lot of people who, young people who might feel alienated, unfortunately. And so when you talk about how do students arrive at our office, um, it's, it's a lot of varying degrees. You have some students uh, like Sean who are very active in their faith, who go to mass frequently, who sing at mass, um, and who really uh, know and, and love their Catholic faith. Uh, conversely, you have a lot of students uh, who walk through our doors uh, really for a myriad of reasons. We have some great staff, uh, my staff, uh, the staff that I work with, Michelle France um, and Betsy Stone Plummer. Betsy runs our service opportunity to campus ministry of alternative breaks. And then Michelle France uh, really runs our spiritual programming. And so each of those two, uh, my colleagues, all, all those my colleagues, um, they have relationship with students and those students come to speak with them. Um, you know, about programming, yeah. but sometimes it, it goes deeper. Sometimes it becomes about faith and it becomes about purpose and it becomes about what drives them. Um, and so uh, I think it's really a, a, a crapshoot. You know, <laughs> if you, Gwen and Mercy University, um, our office is kind of uh, tucked away in the back, but it's, it would, it's actually the oldest edifice on campus. It's mm. over 200 years old and it housed a variety of different people. Um, but our, our policy is, you know, open doors, all are welcome. Uh, you know, I actually had a student, um, you know, I was talking with her and she started sharing with me about her faith and she was a Pentecostal evangelical Christian. Um, you know, and I was talking about how we really try and foster interfaith relationships and all that. And she was very blunt with me said, you don't have to do that. You just proclaim your faith the Christian faith, you know, and be strong in that. You don't have to water it down. And, and so that was an interesting experience for me. Uh, and really to listen to her and encounter her there. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, I, I do feel like I'm pretty strong in my Catholic faith, but, uh, to others, it might not seem that way. Um, and, and so I, it was, for me, it was a moment of reflection and kind of realizing that as many students as we do have who may seem uninterested or disengaged, we have maybe a few or even a little more students than we think who are very engaged in their faith. And so yeah. uh, our job is to really figure out how to engage a variety of different faith backgrounds. 
Yeah, I absolutely. think you do a great job with that. Honestly, just Thank from you. my daughter's perspective. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think part of the, and you know, I, I say all these things and just for your listeners out there, uh, I wouldn't consider myself an expert. I certainly been, you know, working in campus ministry for four years. I was three years at a prior institution and now I'm director. This is my first year as a director of campus ministry. Um, so this is a lot of me learning, um, as I'm going. Uh, but one thing I, I, I perceive and, uh, one thing that helps us out a lot, I think is really finding what students are interested in. And this is a little bit more higher education than it is, uh, ministry, but I think it ties in. You know, Sean is interested uh, in, in her faith, and she's also interested in, in liturgical arts. And so I play guitar. I've been doing liturgical arts for a very long time. And so whenever we have masses, whenever we have prayer services, Sean's somebody we talk to. Hey, Sean, would you be interested in playing music with us? Oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so in some ways, we're kind of stacking the deck because we know that Sean's already interested in that. But with all of our students, it's good for us to learn, you know, what are they interested in and how can we invite them to share their gifts with us uh, in the programming that we have. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, being empowering students to live their live their faith and use their talents and gifts for the church. Um, it's so it's so important. You know, I think I think a big piece of what you're saying there too is, you know, meeting them where they are, where they are on their faith journey is, is very important too. And I think when you take what, what, the, where, where they are in their journey and also uh, the talents and gifts that they have and realize that you can use them for the glory of God, right? Um, when you, when you can use them for the glory of God, that, uh, you know, the church becomes them. And it becomes a little less, you know, a lot of times I heard in high school youth ministry, man, this stuff is just so boring, you know, and, <laughs> and I would, you know, shoot back at them. It's because, you know, and, you know, kind of, kind of jokingly, but, but also a little bit harsh, <laughs> I'd say, because you are, you know, mm. um, be, be, <laughs> oh, be, you know, yeah. because, you know, I said, the church is you, you know, and it doesn't have to be boring, you know, right. I mean, I, you know, and, and, and so I think that, you know, you by engaging people uh, and having them bring their gifts and their talents and their and, and their time into the church, you would um, you would uh, be able to help them uh, grow uh, in their own faith because they're realizing and empowering that this this faith that they have is actually they're actually part of something larger. You know, I yes. think that's, I think that's what young people want. They're part of something larger, you know? And so, yeah. and so, you know, kudos to you for, 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 for taking that and, and building upon that, you know, their, their interests and that stuff. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, I appreciate you saying that. I, I always find myself trying to be reminded that it's, it's all God, right? Like it's all God working in people's lives and, you know, uh, what is it? Let me see if I can remember this in my sacraments classroom, divinity school. You know, um, when when people are ordained, when priests and deacons are ordained, was it um, continue the good work that God has already started in you? Um, and I think of that when we work with these students and, and they feel inspired and want to get involved. And most, you know, I, I think it's easiest, and it's not most, but easiest to see that 
through service, I think a lot of times, and I know I was certainly this way when I was in high school, um, really service is what brought me into the faith and, and social action, social justice, really, and Catholic social teaching. That's what really brought me to this point. Um, and, and I think that it's so effective because it's like you were saying, Bill, it's, it's about showing youth, young people, uh, in higher education to call them emerging adults, which, uh, you know, uh, yes, I don't know how I feel before. about that. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a right. good phrase, but it's like, <laughs> right. you know, they're students, they're young people. Uh, anyway, so, so in this, in that, when they're engaged in service, they can see one, they're making a tangible difference, but two, especially if the reflection is done right. And we, we do a pretty good job at reflecting over at Gwinnett. They understand, look, I'm part of this larger fabric of the world. I'm part of this larger fabric of the church of, of faith. And the way in which I live that out in service or other ways is going to connect me with others and, and make us, you know, make me part of this large thing, you know, Catholic speak, we call it the common good, right? So yeah. I am right. operating within the common good. And by doing this service, I'm taking part in making a difference in that. Um, and, you know, what, one thing we're working on in our ministry right now is really trying to be intentional about the ways that we link our service to our spiritual programming like masses and vice versa, because I think uh, it's important for students to see that the reason why we do service is because of our commitment to faith, the Catholic faith and the example of Christ in the gospels who invited everyone to, to really, you know, invited uh, the Israelite community of the time to really repair community by inviting all people back into that community, the, the unclean, the widows, the migrant, everybody comes together. And so it's, it's out of faith rather than just doing service for service sake. Also, yeah. when you do a retreat, you're participating in that same thing. It's, it's all one. It's a both and. Um, and that's something we're really trying to figure out as, as years to come is, how do we help students understand that when they're doing service or they're going on a retreat or they're doing mass or they're singing or they're participating in a monthly dinner that we have uh, open house, that's all contributing to this right. wonderful reign uh, that Christ talked about in the gospel, oh, yeah. the reign of God. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I, uh, I always talk about it too. Um, you know, the, the exactly what you just said, you know, the empty service, you know, uh, you know, we can we can serve uh, emptily or we can serve because it's what Christ commissions us to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, and what a beautiful uh, way that you're, you know, again, trying to you know help them realize that because because, you know, I, I can go out and donate my time to, you know, whatever, whatever social organization. I can go over to the food pantry right now and I can sit there and hand out food and, and, and help my my fellow man uh, during this crisis, which, you know, we should do. Uh, but, but if I'm doing that because, because, you know, it's the right thing to do, um, I'm missing the point. You know, if I'm doing it because I am seeking to become another Christ in the world and, and, and serve others and, and live like him, then, then I'm getting the point, you know what I mean? So, so I think for, for you to, um, you know, really drive that home that, that this is not just a. Um, you know, service because I need to meet my service hour requirement for National Honor Society. 
you know, or, or, or whatever you're in, you know, I mean, a lot of times even in colleges, I remember there was service requirements for, for, for certain classes and for certain, uh, for certain, you know, areas of study that I would, that I would go into. And I'm like, yeah, but why, why do I need to have service requirement? Like, isn't that what I'm supposed to be doing as, as a Catholic? You know what I mean? Like, like, so, so helping people realize that and recognize that and bring that to life. That's, that's totally beautiful. Um, totally beautiful. Thank you. you. Yeah, I agree. What I, I love a lot of what I'm hearing so much of it, Jeff. So thank you for the great work. And for those who are listening, we're with Jeff Wallace. He's the director of campus ministry at Gwinnett Mercy University. It is my own alma mater, and you can learn more about them at gmercyu.edu, I think, isn't it? gmercyu.edu. Yes. And I invite people to uh, check that out on your phone or your laptop and learn more about them and and make sure that you put in the search engine campus ministry, right, Mm -hmm. so that you can learn more about uh, Jeff Wallace and and the other people that he works with uh, Mm -hmm. to bring uh, the love of God to all the students there, because as you said, Jeff, you know, some of the students, you know, you do have a, a handful of, uh, you know, Catholic students who are really wanting to be engaged in their faith. And then you have a lot of other students these days who, you know, they want something of faith, but they just don't, maybe not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. And they come to your door wanting a little bit more of that. Yeah. But you're sort of an open door to say, we're going to meet you where you are. Because I think a lot of it is meeting people where they are, introducing them to the love of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe the catechesis piece of it will come. But I, I always say on other podcasts, uh, because sometimes as Catholics, we can get really caught up in, um, you know, wanting people to make sure that they have that education in our faith, which is so deeply important. But a big part of catechesis, even for us who are very well catechized, is to remember that we do have to make outreach to uh, to those in need and those who are marginalized and uh, social justice issues. Um, because I do think sometimes we can forget about that, some of us, because we get comfortable with uh, our, our church friends or people that we feel comfortable with. But then we kind of forget that there's a lot of people that are suffering. You know, right now we're in this COVID-19 crisis. There are a lot of people who are suffering, some that have the disease and some people who've lost jobs. So I I commend you, Jeff, for um, for being able to recognize how important it is to teach kids. When I say kids, I should say emerging adults, right? (laughs) (laughs) Emerging adults, how important it is to um, make that social outreach to those who are on the fringes. Yeah, no, yeah, it's... It's a challenge, you know, um, with everything out there with the CDC and, and all the guidelines, it, I think the idea is closeness. You, you want, in an ideal situation, you want students to experience, um, you know, what the world is like. I, I think sometimes, like you were saying, we kind of get lulled into this comfort that, oh, this is the way the world is. You know, I, I have my picket fence and I have my lawn and I have my child and that's it. You know, what else is there? And I think um, what the Catholic faith and frankly, what I, in, in what I've studied, uh, uh, what the gospel really challenges us to do is, is really to in- encounter, right? And going back to that word, I feel like I've been saying that a lot. You know, who are the people in the community who are pushed aside and how 
how are we trying to reflect that love of God to them? Like you were saying, how are we trying to invite them back in? And, and, you know, with something like an alternative break, I think, you know, alternative break program at Gwen and Mercy, we had, we send students to four different locations. Um, this year we were able to send them to Laredo, Texas to work on the border. Um, we sent them to Baltimore, Maryland. We sent them to, um, let me see if I can do this. I think I can. I know I can. Give me a second. <laughs> Laredo, Texas, Baltimore, Maryland. Ooh, we had an interfaith one in Philadelphia and then Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, and so each of those different locations had students encounter others, um, you know, in different situations, uh, situations of poverty, situations that, um, you know, run-of-the-mill Gwyneth students might not, might not necessarily experience, although compared to other universities in the area, I will say that I think there are some Gwyneth students who, who do experience um, food insecurity, hunger insecurity, uh, food insecurity, home insecurity, excuse me. Well, let's put that to the side. So, you know, when they're going on alternative break, they're really trying to, to enact what, what Christ is inviting, I think, all, all Catholics and all people of faith to do, which is to, to build a relationship, encounter others, to, to really understand uh, that God's love is so expansive and so large that there is no us, them, there is no uh, barriers. There's, there's only us. There's only together. Uh, Father Greg Boyle was a Jesuit who founded Homeboy Industries out in Los Angeles. And Homeboy Industries uh, is a organization that for many years now has been re um, bringing gang members back into the workforce um, and really giving people uh, new leases on life. Um, you know, Father Greg always talks about the idea of kinship uh, and being led by those on the margins such that the margins are erased and we no longer become us and them. We just become us. Um, and I think when we send a student out on alternative break, that's what we're, that's what we're attempting to do this to show them, look, you know, this person might be in Cincinnati or this person might be in Laredo, Texas, but it's all, we're human. We all operate together. And our responsibility is to work with those who are struggling, who are impoverished, uh, who are challenged by society, um, you know, as uh, St. Augustine talked about back in, what, the 5th century or 4th century? You're talking about, you know, do you have an extra cloak on your back? Good. Give it to somebody who's poor. Uh, that type of understanding uh, that's so deeply rooted within, I think, uh, the Catholic faith. Um, it is. I'm so blessed. And I know, Bill, you are too, because... Uh, Bill, you and I do agree on this piece of our, our faith that uh, that reach, making outreach to those who uh, do feel away from their faith, who do feel marginalized, who do feel left out is so important for all of us to recognize as people of faith. So um, people who are listening, you know, I invite you to connect with uh, with us at Sewing Hope Podcast, but also with Jeff Wallace at Gwen and Mercy University uh, and also, if you have a son or daughter or you yourself are considering a university, I would highly recommend it. Um, I am a graduate of, of Gwinnett, and, and so is my husband. And also, my daughter is a junior there. So uh, what a blessing to us that we're connected with, with you and with the university. Thank because, you. you know, that word mercy, I think, is just so important. Yeah. And you mentioned Pope Francis. And mm -hmm. I mean, I, I love Pope Francis. And I do mm -hmm. think that 
Um, he's been up against a lot, especially with this pandemic recently and mm -hmm. in, in Rome and in, in Italy and now here and everything that's happened in the church. Yeah. Um, on another note too, Jeff, I wanted to make sure we just touched on the fact that Gwyneth has done, done such an awesome job with making outreach during this pandemic. So maybe yeah. you could share with us what that's been like and what the school has been doing to make that outreach to students uh, yeah. in a prayerful no. way. No, it's great. So, um, so just uh, maybe just to start with the word mercy, because I think at Gwyneth and, and just in general, when you, when you work in an institution that's affiliated with the Sisters of Mercy, it's a very sp specific thing. Um, so the Sisters of Mercy founded our school in 1948. Sisters of Mercy were founded in Ireland in the 19th century by Catherine Macaulay, uh, who's venerable. And, mm -hmm. and whoever's listening to this, if you're better, <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> in terms of categories, uh, I mean, she thinks she's in the venerable category. Um, so she's on her way uh, to sainthood. Uh, but, you know, Catherine Macaulay back in Ireland uh, was a Catholic at a time when Catholics were not part major parts of Irish society, which seems weird to understand now, but at the time it was really a uh, very Protestant and uh, Catherine Macaulay just continued to believe in her Catholic faith. And, you know, uh, she founded this amazing group of women, the sisters of mercy who are very focused on, as we were talking about kind of making outreach to those who feel marginalized, those who feel vulnerable. Um, and so our university at Gwen and Mercy is really focused on that. You know, the students we work with, the issues that we care about, the ways in which we interact with, with others, um, we really are trying to put our uh, mercy first. You know, we want to live our mission of mercy such that all can feel welcome and part of uh, uh, care and, and mercy. Um, and so when it comes to student outreach, I think it... Uh, kind of mentioned earlier, just when it's students experiencing food insecurity and housing insecurity. Unfortunately, uh, for all college students in general, uh, in recent years, uh, a lot more have been struggling with food insecurity and housing insecurity, a rising cost of college, rising cost of living, rising cost of food, uh, and you know, college students not being able to make ends meet. Um, and so one thing that was started well before I started at Gwen and Mercy was something called Catherine's Cupboard. Catherine's Cupboard is a food pantry on campus where students can come and make themselves bags of food uh, with all sorts of different essentials. Um, right now, it's a lot of canned goods, um, but we do have a pretty high uh, use of it. A lot of students come and, and, and use it. Um, and apart from that, we also have grab-and-go stations in Catherine's Cupboard, and so around campus, Students who are on the go, uh, who might need something before class, uh, can stop by these two grab-and-go locations on their way to class and just get some food for the road. Um, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, obviously there's the faith piece of that, you're trying to give to people who feel vulnerable, but then there's also a very practical piece of that in higher education where uh, there are a lot of, there's a lot of ink being spilled, a lot of studies being done about connecting the, uh, you know, food needs with academic success. If you're hungry during class, if you're hungry when you're trying to study, odds are you're probably not going to be focusing on the thing you're studying with or the thing you're studying, period. That might lead you to getting not as good of grades as you might want. 
And so really what's underpinning our outreach is, is this idea that if we can give our, these students their basic needs with food, um, then they will be able to um, succeed in school. Now, unfortunately, during the pandemic, our campus has been closed to anyone outside of very specific people. So for the beginning part of the pandemic, we weren't able to get that food off campus. Um, but fortunately, um, Betsy Stone Plummer, uh, Jim Gallo, who's the vice president of mission integration, uh, which is the vision that campus ministry operates in, they were able to work with an organization in Philadelphia called Project Home, which is an organization founded by Sister Mary Scullion, Sister of Mercy, um, that works with people who are homeless in Philadelphia. And we were able to take a lot of our food stock from the cupboard and give it to them so that they can use it for their food pantry and their food needs for the clients that they work with uh, at Project Home. Um, and so right now, uh, we're still in a holding pattern when it comes to the cupboard um, because you know campus is technically closed. But uh, I think apart from the physical stuff, as you said, Anne, um, we did soon after the pandemic started decide to do something called community prayer. And this was an idea that uh, Michelle France, our campus minister for spiritual programming, had been doing when she was a campus minister at Notre Dame Academy, um, which is outside of Philadelphia. I can't remember the exact location. I think it's in um, Radnor, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I think so too. And so somewhere on the main line. Yeah, and so she brought this tradition of community prayer to Gwynedd, and you know, pandemic happened, and we were trying to think of something. So what what can we do now that we're all online? And Michelle said, well. Maybe we could try some community prayer. And at that same moment, call it divine inspiration, intervention, whatever our Jim Gallo reached out to both to myself and said, Hey, Jeff, what do you think about doing a prayer? And, you know, everything came together. Everything conspires towards the good, right? Uh, Romans. Uh, and so we had our first community prayer back in late March. And that uh, was wildly successful. We had like 40, 50 people sign up and, um, since then, we've been doing them weekly, um, less people, but still a good quality discussion uh, and good reflection. And, and I think people really benefit from it a whole lot. At least that's my perception of it. Well, it's it's not just perception because I've been involved <laughs> and I can vouch for these meetings as a as an alumni and a parent. Uh, they do them on Monday mornings at 1130 a.m. Eastern time. And what they do is spend about a half an hour. Uh, where you'll have a beautiful video with music and prayer from Michelle, and then uh, a group question for all of us about something to do with our faith and, and helping us to grow during this time of the pandemic. So I know that it's been wonderful for my daughter and I to, to partake in that. So it's a Zoom call, just like, mm -hmm. you know, even though all of you who are listening can't see that we're on a Zoom call right now, we see each other. Uh, the three of us here at um, Patchwork Heart Radio and Sewing Hope Podcast. But it's the same kind of thing. It's a nice uh, video call where people can uh, partake in a real prayer meeting. So I think it's it's just a great thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think it's this, this, this time of pandemic, I think, is an opportunity really for a lot of campus ministries, college ministries, and all ministry because it really is, is inviting us to consider new ways to connect, new ways to really um, share faith with one another um, and meet, meet people where they are. You know, uh, I think we're fortunate that we do have people who have access to technology who are able to jump on these prayer meetings. 
sometimes there are students or people who might not. And so how do we reach out to them? How do we invite them into this, you know, this love of God that we, we try and preach? Uh, and live out uh, every day through our own ministries. And so, I, you know, I've really been thinking of this time as, as a really great opportunity for us to think through some creative ideas and innovative ways to really reach reach others. And community prayer, again, uh, I uh, idea was not mine, uh, but I think it was a very good idea, and, and we've been doing a pretty good job executing it and getting a lot of good feedback. You know, it's what a, what a great... Um... Insight, Jeff, on so many different levels. I, I think you know it's long overdue um, for for the church and for I mean you know higher education, whatever. I mean all these things. I think it's long overdue um, for the church to yes. begin. Now, let me be crystal clear. I'm not talking about you know changing our our teachings, our church tradition. Sure. You know the 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 importance uh, of the holy sacrifice of the mass. Um, you know all of all of those things have to remain, you know, the way they are. They're unchanging from the beginning of history. Um, but what what I what I do think um, is is so important that you pointed out is that we have to begin to look at ways that we can take this message of the gospel out because this is what Jesus told us to do. He said, you know, go make disciples of all nations. And, you know, this part of discipleship, yeah, you know, is where are people going? They aren't necessarily going to, um, you know, supermarkets and they aren't going to uh, places uh, that they used to go on a regular basis, you know, or maybe they're only going to supermarkets, they're not going to baseball stadiums, they're not going, they're, they're congregating on the internet. That's where we're congregating now on Snapchat, on on, yeah. on, on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, that's where people <laughs> congregate. And yeah. and we don't think of it like that. Or the church hasn't thought of it like that. But now is mm -hmm. the time we have to go and make disciples of people who are congregating and and interacting socially on the internet. And so how yeah. are we going to do that? How are we yeah. going to do that? Yeah, and you know, great work by uh St. Pope John Paul II, New Evangelization. Um, you know, that phrase, definitely through Divinity School, I heard about that a whole lot. New Evangelization, New Evangelization, New Evangelization. <laughs> it's a lot, uh, and it's great, uh, but I think we're still trying to figure out what exactly that is. Um, and yeah. it includes the internet, it includes so many different ways, and, and you know, perhaps uh, an insight might be that, um, you know, it, it goes back to what we've been kind of started this conversation off with, you know, meeting people where there are, um, where they are. There's a wonderful professor at Boston College, uh, Hoffman Ospino, um, who's one of the foremost uh, Catholic scholars, uh, really doing a lot of work within the Hispanic Latino community. Uh, he himself is Colombian. And um, he also talks a lot about evangelization. And I took a class with him and we talked a lot about um, you know, how do we, how do, you know, what is, what is doing ministry in different cultures look like? What does ministry look like doing, uh, working with the Latino culture and the Hispanic culture? What is it when you're working with, uh, you know, cultures of color, African-American, uh, other cultures, uh, Asian, uh, just straight African cultures. And, and I think, uh, you know, we can't necessarily equate that with, different kind of subcultures within, you know, teenage um, ages, different ages. But, but I do think that 
a lot can be said, uh, taken from Hobson work and really thinking about, you know, how do we show people again that we're open, that we're willing to be there, you know, we're willing to engage. I think there's a perception, uh, rightly or wrongly, I don't know, but there's certainly a perception that we as a church kind of, we do our own thing. Mm. Everybody else can kind of do their own thing and we'll be cool over here. Yeah. And everybody over here yeah. can kind of be I agree. Mm-hmm. themselves. And, totally you know, right. I think there, yeah. there, totally. there are definitely times for us as a church to be together and to have our time. But, but I think when, when we start to lose sight of the fact that we are operating within a world, um, mm. it's, you know, for me, I was actually thinking about that before I got on this podcast and okay, like where, what are my thoughts on that? And, and, and I was really, I have a, a good friend of mine. She loves talking about the incarnation. It's like her whole thing. And, and I was thinking about that, you know, what is it, what does that truly mean that, you know, Christ didn't just come into a world of, of his design. Like he didn't, he created the world, but the world that he came into wasn't perfect at all. Mm-hmm. It was in yeah. fact, it was very far from perfect <laughs> military yeah. occupation, uh, poverty, all this stuff, but, but still Christ came and still mm-hmm. God was here through Christ. And who are we to say that we shouldn't be invited to do the same and, and live, live in that spirit, that, that evangelical spirit, uh, small evangelical spirit of, of bringing the good news to others in the world. Uh, you know, I'm certainly Snapchat, Instagram is certainly not one for TikTok. That is not my, <laughs> <laughs> but I know, you know, I think these are the things we need to be talking yeah. about. Where is, Oh yeah. what are the boundaries? Are there boundaries? Like what, mm-hmm. in terms of social yes. media, how are we connecting? Yep. Who are we connecting with? And what is the best way to do that? I think, yeah, it's all, I'll, I like to say, it's like throwing spaghetti in while seeing what sticks. Yes. What sticks? We have to discover all that and try it. I love the image, Jeff, that you said with, I, I picture it as almost like a fence where on one side you have all the people of faith and maybe very devouted people. And on the other side, yeah, you have everybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't just practice. We can't just preach to our own. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We can't just preach. We have to show them that we care. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to listen to us if we don't care. I mean, I would say that again and again on a podcast or a TV show as a person of faith and as a Catholic, mm-hmm. nobody's going to listen to us if we don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we can open up a book and read it and hand them something. But if we don't care, they won't either. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I, I think that's where it begins. That's why I commend you. And I commend also your the university there on the way that you're handling that. So thank you so mm-hmm. much from me and my family. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for being here and just mm-hmm. taking active part in all of it. You know? Thank you. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there you go. There is that last little piece, right? The active part that we have, that we're called to be, um, you know, I, 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 uh, I love that part in the catechism where it says, you know, uh, worship or, you know, going to, going to church, we're called the full active and conscious participation in our faith and you know at, at the mass right people <laughs> people say full active and conscious you know i think a lot of times we're you know we we might be you know uh you know you know might we we might be fully there like we're our entire bodies in the seat and you know we might even be thinking like all right i'm I, i'm a little bit active but are we even consciously doing what we're yeah. doing and and uh so so 
let's let, let's look at that and you know call people to conscious participation in mm. in what we're in, in what we're talking about which which means that it's not just handing them a book and saying you know what uh go go figure this out uh this is what the teaching yeah. in the church is um it no it's it's the as you mentioned earlier it's the accompaniment it's the walking with somebody it's being amen con conscious of what we're doing and and I think when we are, I think when we take a look at uh, how we're able to uh, accompany somebody and be, you know, and and look, we can't accompany everybody, you know, uh, yes. we, like, you know, we know that, especially being in media, uh, that that this uh, touches people's hearts and lives because we because we get feedback and whether it's on social media or on email or whatever. Um, we, we, we love it, but we also know that we cannot accompany everybody. We can accompany some people, but in order to be fully conscious of what we're doing, we can't possibly do it for everybody. So who right. is in your circle, right? Who is in your circle? Um, and, and who is God calling you to consciously walk with so that they grow deeper in faith during, especially during this pandemic. Uh, and I think some of those great ideas that you have, um, you know, through through you know the digital media and what you're doing with your students, uh, you know, the different service trips and all those things are fostering that type of environment. So I certainly commend you for all the all the great work you're doing, Jeff. It's just it's just wonderful. Thank you so much. No, I, no, I appreciate yes. being on here. And you know, I think to your point about um, you can't reach everybody, right? I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of truth in that. Uh, and what I always come back to, and I think I said this earlier. Uh, it's like a broken record. I feel like, oh, I'd listen to this guy. It's going to say the same thing throughout the whole thing. Um, but, no. you know, I go back to this idea of, of planting seeds. <clears throat> you know, sometimes an interaction is just five minutes. And then maybe a, a, in the context of, of Gwinnett in college and university, like it's five minutes and then they're gone. You know, and, and in, that, in that moment, in that particular interaction, uh, what am I, what am I, planting? What am I uh, inviting the student to consider? And how am I really interacting with them? Uh, am I, is this going to be an interaction that's memorable? Are they going to listen or are they going to feel like that they were heard? Are they going to feel like that they were validated? And, and am I going to, you know, are they in those questions again from that study? Is he going to remember my name? Will it even matter to this person that I'm gone? Um, Praise God. And to go back to you, Anne, showing that care, showing that, hey, we're here. You know, we want to be here with you. This is the least we can do. Um, I think that in some ways that's all we can do. But yeah, you know, it's planting seeds and, and not knowing their future promise, but hoping for the best. I have to bring up a quick boy, uh, name from the way, way, way past, uh, because when I came to Gwen and Mercy University way back in the uh, mid to late 80s, uh, Sister Mary Norbert, mm. and she's long passed away, at least I think probably 15 or 20 years maybe by now, um, but she made an impact on me as a Sister of Mercy. She was the first um, person that I met when I came to the university as a transfer student, and I'm so grateful because I felt that mercy. It, you know, and I did have an interaction with her from the time, you know, I started until the time I graduated. Maybe it wasn't all the time, but it still stays with me. It's still, mm. I still remember that years later when she had her, one of her jubilees or whatever it was, 
uh, I couldn't make it. And she wrote this beautiful card to me in the mail saying that she remembered me and wishing me well with my two daughters. And oh, it was wow. just so lovely. So yeah. um, I remember her and I remember her, the secretary there, Josie. I don't know if you remember Josie, but she know. worked in the uh, business department there at mm -hmm. Gwen and Mercy. So I remember a lot of people there. Wonderful. I mean, I could list all the names, but they're just some of them. Yeah. Um, but I'm very grateful to you, Jeff, and to Thank everyone you. there. And and just for you taking the time to be with us on this podcast. And I, I would hope that you would come back again because we have so much to talk about. <laughs> sure. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm available. I appreciate again. I appreciate you guys inviting me. Um, and I'm, yeah, you know, especially now, uh, even though I work during the day, I have an abundance of time. Uh, well, <laughs> I do. You're spending time yeah. with Daniel too. Yeah, yes. it's yes. it's a lot sometimes. That's okay. I mean, he's worth it. So yes. yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, this has been really fun. I've enjoyed the conversation. Uh, I've enjoyed your openness and what you've contributed. And and uh, yeah, you know, let me know. Awesome. Absolutely. Uh, hey, Jeff, uh, before you go, though, uh, I, I, we just want to make sure, uh, you know, any students that, or any prospective students that might be out there listening to something like this uh, and, and are certainly uh, probably encouraged by what you're talking about. I, you know, I certainly am, uh, you know, uh, so so how would they get in touch with you, get in touch with the university if they're coming out to shadow a day at, at Gwen and Mercy and they want to uh, connect with you? How would they do that? Wow. OK, great. So. Uh, a lot of different ways. Um, you can always navigate on your web browser, uh, as Anne said, uh, www.gmercyu.edu. That's our homepage. Uh, gives you everything about the university. You can find Campus Ministry on the banner under uh, History and Tradition. Um, you can reach out to us through social media on Facebook. We're uh, on Facebook. We're at uh, Gwen and Mercy University Campus Ministry. On Instagram, we're at G Mercy U Ministry. Um, you can follow us there. I've become uh, a very deep content head recently, so I'm just putting content up there. Mm -hmm. uh, you can All see right. what we're doing. Um, and uh, any, you know, I think Anne might have my email. I, you know. I, I do. don't know about giving emails out over the airwaves. Right. Uh, feel free to reach out. I mean, my email is on the website. You can feel free to reach out to me there. Um, well, they can reach out to us if yep. if you yep. have questions. We're at the Sewing It's Sewing Hope Podcast mm -hmm. at patchworkheart.org. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Is it just Sewing Hope? Just it Sewing might Hope. Be... Just Sewing yeah, Hope. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I got it wrong. Yeah. No. Sewing it's all good. Hope at patchworkheart.org. But remember, sewing is spelled S-E-W-I-N-G. That's right. Yep. Sewing hope at patchworkheart.org. Yep, and of course, we're always happy to connect you with any of our guests, you know, Jeff yeah. or, or any of our guests. If you uh, mm -hmm. email us there, we're happy to get in, get in touch with them. So, Jeff, really, thank you so much for your time uh, today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Can't wait to have you back on and, and talk with you further. Uh, best of luck during these uh, COVID times. And, uh, you know, leading ministry through them is is difficult. So thank you. <laughs> yes, I thank well, you, Jeff. Thank, thanks for having me. And just a shout out to the uh, Betsy and Michelle, who I work with, and Jim. Uh, also, shout out to Chelsea and Daniel. I don't know if they're listening. And also to my parents, my dad. Some I'm Anastasia. I don't know if they're listening. I don't know who's listening, but <laughs> shout out to all of them. And just, you know, it's been fun. 
Thank you. He's doing a great job. (laughs) I have to say. And Jeff, feel free to share this podcast because we would love uh, for other people to hear your great message. Thank you so much. Awesome Gwinnett Mercy University. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Great place. Well, well, folks, uh, the the hour always flies, uh, no matter how fast, uh, or you know, no, no matter how uh, much time you think an hour is, it always flies by. But thanks so much for spending it with us on the Sewing Hope podcast. And uh, next uh, Tuesday at nine o'clock a.m. Eastern, we'll be back uh, with you and uh, be able to uh, inspire you and talk with you and so hope into your hearts. So uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight. Uh, I'd like to remind you all to head over to uh, tomorrow night to head over to uh, Fiat Ministry Network and also this same YouTube channel to check out Anne's uh, new show, Journeys in Faith, uh, which it will be at 8 o'clock, a, uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, 8.30. I'm sorry, 8.30 p.m. tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so please head over. Uh, just you know, by, subscribe to this page. You'll get a notification uh, that, that we're live again. Uh, Anne's going to... Uh, have a great show tomorrow, uh, and it's going to be the first of uh, first of an awesome, awesome show. So uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. And, uh, Anne, thank you for co-hosting as always. And, uh, thank you. Of course. Until next time, from all of us here at Patrick Art Ministry, for Anne DeSantis, for Jeff Wallace, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. Hey everyone, it's Anne DeSantis here to tell you about my new online TV show called Journeys in Faith. Thanks to Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Radio, I'll be interviewing some amazing guests who will share with all of us their journeys in faith. It's going to be great, and I can't wait for you to be introduced to some truly good people who are working hard to bring deeper faith to others. It's all about relationship with God and living out our mission as intentional disciples. Join me on Fridays, Eastern Time for Journeys in Faith, 830 to 930. Subscribe at Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry on both Facebook and YouTube. I'll see you Friday and have a great week. God bless. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.